Hi, I'm your host, Candace Wolf, and this is the Quitters Club podcast. This is an all inclusive club where we talk about the uncomfortable process of quitting what no longer works for us. This club isn't about giving up, it's about taking your life back. We're gonna get uncomfortable, like being naked in your dream at your old high school, kind of uncomfortable. So be a quitter. Join the club. Welcome back. Today's episode is a little unique in that the guest is actually one of my best friends. You know, I always say that the Quitters Club is really about going through the uncomfortable process of quitting what no longer works for you. Like how many times have you heard me say that? And I think the important part of that is knowing for yourself what doesn't work knowing it and then trusting that and and following that feeling. Diana Tidswell is our guest today. And on paper, it seemed like she was killing it. 19 years old, newly married and running her own design business. Amazing, right? But Diana came to realize that although she seemed successful, she didn't define success by what looked good. She defined it by how she felt. And she was not feeling her life at the time. So she quit. She shut down her business and got a job. But that vision that she had for herself and her business at 19 kind of kept nagging at her over the years. So fast forward 10 years later, and she is back in the design business, but she's doing it in a way that feels good to her. First of all, she's not doing it by herself. She shares her success with her business partner, Christina, and the two of them own Cresswell Interiors, which is a local design firm here in Edmonton. Their business and their team are growing like crazy, and they just launched an online curated shop so they can share their style with the world. I can't even tell you how stinking proud of her I am, and I'm stoked for her because she's doing what she wants to do in a way that feels good to her. She's not following any type of prescription that someone else laid out for her. And my hope is that when you hear her story, you'll be inspired to do that as well in whatever way that looks like for you. Enjoy. So one of the the themes that's kind of been like in my conversations lately is that when we decide to quit something, for me especially, I always feel like, hey, I'm quitting and it's like permanent. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. There's no going back. There's no changing your mind. And that is just not true. You can, <laughs> yeah, you can change your mind whenever you want. And that's well I want to say that's sort of what you did but not really because you quit knowing that you would be back right I don't think I knew at the time that I would be back I think I was I had a a moment there where I was quite (laughs) you know solid in my you know decision but but ultimately I should have known I would have come back so okay so you used to have an interior design business. So you currently have an interior design business. You used to have an interior design business. 
what was going on in your life at the time that made you quit that business? So when I think back and it's funny and recording this with you, as I, you know, I, I gave it more thought than I, you know, have in mm-hmm. over 10 years. It's funny when I think of, I was so young when I started my first business. It's like laughable to me now. Like how uh, old were you? I was like 19 um, when I, when I started my business and I, so much just happened for me so young in life I got um, I got married very young I bought a house very young I started a business very young I thought I had everything figured out at at the ripe old age of 19 which is just laughable Um, like you were married at 19 yes yeah yeah and uh and when I was taking the interior design program at the U of A, I think I knew that I wanted to start my own business. I don't know that I would have jumped into it as quickly and in the way that I did if, you know, the the circumstances hadn't worked out the way they did. My first design client kind of fell into my lap in a way, and that ended up kind of setting the course for my first business. And um, I got my first client, uh, I hit the ground running and I just figured shit out as I went along and was, I think, really lucky to get referrals and word of mouth. Um, and you were like also all over TV and you were like doing the, <laughs> I, I, like... I got very lucky. Like this was before like Pinterest and before like Instagram and, Um, I had a blog in what year was this? This would have been like 2008, um, that I would have started my business. And I started this blog and I, like my first blog was on blogger, which I don't even know if that still exists. Um, but what was your, what was your business called? Oh my gosh. My business was called I three interiors and it stood for imagination, inspiration, and innovation. And let me tell you, 19 year old Diana thought that was just that. (laughs) I look back now and I I cringe a little bit, but, um, for 19, that is great. That's like, thank you. I'm going to take it back for any age. That's great. Yes. No, I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, be too hard on myself, but I I think my blog was I three style. And I think because in 2008 in Edmonton, I don't know how many people were blogging. I think I, I lucked out in, you know, I was called for quotes a few times by the Edmonton journal and I ended up getting a like regular, feature I guess you would call it on CTV morning live when it first went on air in Edmonton and so it's funny because I always tell people when I look back like on paper I was making good money especially for 19 I felt like this is why I felt like I had I'm like oh 19 I've got life figured out this isn't that hard like it just is 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 funny but I I was really lucky that I was getting you know referrals Um, I was busy, but I was not 
loving what I was doing. And I think that's where for me, I'm very happiness motivated. I'm very driven by um, being happy with what I'm doing. So although on paper things were going well, um, I think part of it was my youthful naivete that my expectations for going into, you know, being a quote unquote interior designer were, was what I saw on HGTV because Mm. that was, that was the thing. It's probably why I I don't watch design shows now. I'm like triggered, but uh, (laughs) what what didn't you like about it? Because I'm thinking at 19, you don't even know, like, like when, like, let's say you, you order a material for, I don't know, you order fabric for something to be covered, a pillow, whatever shows up wrong, or you order the wrong, the wrong, whatever shows up to the house. Do, are, like, do you even react at, at 19? Like, do you even feel the stress of being a business owner? At I, I truthfully think that being so young was a benefit to me in some ways at that time, because I, I don't think I was as stressed as I probably should have been, or as I I don't think I understood the weight of what it meant to take that risk to run your own business. Um, I was fortunate, like I said, I was married at the time and my partner was very supportive and, um, but, but I lucked out in that I, I fortunately did fairly well for myself, especially at 19 in terms of having consistent work coming in and and 19 through into my early 20s um, having consistent work so I think in some ways being younger I think the stress affected me differently than the stress affects me now of owning a business and and some of that yeah naivety probably helped me Um, I also know it caused me a lot of stress because I I was always so concerned with anyone knowing how young I was. So I thought- Because why? Because you thought they wouldn't take you seriously. Yeah, 100%. I'm like, who's gonna, you know, give a 21 year old full carte blanche of a, you know, $100,000 renovation. So, So I also, I think I carried stress in some ways where I felt I really had to overcompensate and really had to, I, I dressed, you know, in a more mature way. I tried to act in a more mature way. Um, I, I can recall always being quite concerned that someone, and no one ever did, but one of my biggest fears was, was always if someone would ask me how old I was, because I, I don't think I had full blown imposter syndrome, but I think a part of me was just like, oh, if someone finds out that they're paying someone who's yeah 20 21 22 you know to to come in and to design their kitchen or to renovate their bathroom or to furnish their entire main floor are they going to find out how young I am and and want to hire someone else this is so interesting because I hope there's like a 45 year old listening who's like oh you know like worried it doesn't matter what age you are there's always something that yeah you're hung up on like before we got on the call I was talking about my damn hair like I'm always yeah. hung up on my hair <laughs> yeah but yeah so that's so interesting that even at that age you had that so what didn't you like about what you were doing 
Yes. So I think, like I said, I, I think I had part of that naivety was I had probably unrealistic ex expectations of what I thought being a designer would be. Like I said, at that time, before Pinterest, before Instagram, before, you know, the internet, you know, this wasn't that long ago, but certainly things have definitely changed a lot in the last 13 years. Um, so really HGTV was where it was at. That was, you know, I, and, and I was so in love with watching HGTV and, and like interior design really was and is a passion of mine. Um, I used to enjoy it a lot more in my free time. Now in my free time, it's the last thing I want to be watching. But I think those TV shows, you know, where you'd witness these designers come in and the, the clients would seemingly give them, you know, full creative liberties to come in. And, and I obviously with age and experience, you realize that's all false anyways, but I, I think over the four-ish, I think it was just over four years, not quite five years that I was uh, doing interior design on my own. I, I became increasingly uh, disenchanted with, with the industry and with the work I was doing. Um, and looking back now, I can completely understand. I mean, you have to Put your time in and you have to take on those smaller jobs but um, I think I was relying so heavily on word of mouth and referrals and um, the types of jobs I was getting I just was not finding exciting there were the types of jobs where I was busy and I was paying my bills but I would leave and my clients would be really happy but I would be like, oh, like, I don't necessarily want to take photos of this. I wouldn't necessarily want people to know that I did this work because it wasn't reflective of what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, I was, you know, it's the priority is always if your clients are happy, but I was, you know, becoming increasingly unfulfilled and frustrated creatively that I wasn't being given the opportunity to do the types of jobs that I wanted to do. Um, so why didn't you pivot? <laughs> I say in quotations, pivot yeah. um, to, to, to focus on the work that you wanted to do. Is it because you were just too young to even think that was an option? Yeah, I think I just, like I said, I, I kind of I don't want to say I didn't think through <laughs> my business before I started, but I really started, I started taking on client work while I was still in school. Mm -hmm. um, and I think social media is such a powerful tool. And I think without even realizing it, I was trying to do with my blog at the time, what I ended up doing with my blog that got me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't, know how to pivot. I didn't know how to um, find the market I wanted to reach. And I look back now and I'm like, of course I couldn't because I didn't have a big enough body of work. I was so young. I was so new and it takes time and mm -hmm. it takes, you have to, to put in a lot of time and taking on those jobs that maybe aren't the dream to get to where you want to be. Um, and then I think 
had I not gone through such a transition in my personal life, I, I do think I would have stuck it out and I would have got there eventually. But um, when my marriage was ending and I was going through my separation and my divorce, um, and again, having that happen at such a young age, that really took a toll. And, and I think the culmination of that kind of mental and emotional toll on my health combined with finding myself being quite unfulfilled in my work life is, is when I kind of went, okay, like I need to like time out, press pause. I'm miserable in on across all fronts here, both personally and professionally and something's gotta give so it's time to take a break and take a step back and reevaluate a little bit like how old are you when this is your marriage is ending you're, you decide to quit the business like t- 21 22 um it, it was such a it's funny how the the timing of things it's so blurred when I try to go back but um I think I, I think I officially kind of took a step back when I was like 22 from my business. Um, I was already, I had gone through, I was separated. I was in the process of going through a divorce. I was on my own. And it's funny because it was as I was starting to feel better in my personal life, that then I was like, okay, I'm feeling better in this aspect of my world, but this aspect is like, this is not jiving and I need to figure something different out here. So that's when I transitioned out of my business, I3 Interiors, and decided I needed to reevaluate. I had a guest on recently and that I interviewed and she said, I think she was in therapy for two years. It started off as grief counseling Mm -hmm. and then moved into like, what is missing? Like, what is wrong? And then she like went through the whole thing. Like, is it my marriage? No, that's all good. And, you know, and finally got to like, yeah, that work was just not fulfilling. So, so then what happened? You, you, you shut down the business. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to step back from my business and I went out and I found a job and uh, I ended up getting a job for a construction company, um, working less on the design side of things and more so in the project management side of things, which has, which ultimately was incredible. And I'm so glad I had that experience because it absolutely has <laughs> made me a better designer and and helped me in in so many ways in what I'm doing now but I remember I started that job it was in September and at the end of that month I was there for all of five minutes and I was like oh I don't like working for other people <laughs> it was literally it was literally one month, like less than one month. And the thing is, the company was amazing. The people were great. Um, 
on paper, it, you know, it, it's a position I could have, um, I, I probably could still be there uh, and, and have stayed with that company. But I just, you know, immediately was like, okay, I, I mean, it, in terms of the stress, I was like, I've never been less stressed work-wise in my entire life. <laughs> it's, I, I felt that decrease in stress immediately from no longer feeling like I was carrying the weight of running a full business to going to work for someone else. Um, even though that role kept me very busy, I remember someone even there commenting like, you don't seem very stressed out. And I was like, I ran my own business. This is a, this is, I can handle this stress. Um, but yeah, it was less than a month that I was like, okay, like, I don't like not being in control of my day, not, not being in control in general, um, but also not being in control of my earning potential. I realized that was the first time that I had ever not been in control of how much money I was able to earn um, or, you know, to, to have impact, whether or not that came to fruition with design clients. You're but so lucky to realize this at like 21 and, and be like, okay, because I would think after that month, when you're like, I don't want to work for anyone, this is bullshit, that you would be like, okay, so what do I do? How do I, you know, how do I get out of here? Because like, was the work fulfilling that you were doing or did you, do, that wasn't even a box to tick? That, I think at that time in my life, I was like emotionally burnt out. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was looking for, I remember when I was looking for a job, like I was trying to find work in a design related field, but I was also like, at that point, I kind of was like, I just need a break. I would take just about anything. So I do really feel like I really lucked out, like getting into the role and into the company I did. So the, the work was was not my my motivator um I enjoyed it it didn't like light my fire it didn't like get me super excited I loved the people there I loved the environment um but I just <laughs> learned I mean I knew I know I'm a bit of a control freak and I like to be in control but um I, I just I didn't realize it until I was there that I was like oh I, I, my stress is reduced and my responsibilities are reduced, but, but I don't have control over this and, and, and I like to be in control. And so it was literally that same month that I started that I remember having a conversation with one of my best friends and saying to her, I think I'm going to start a blog again. Um, because I was talking about how I was very creatively unfulfilled and to go from doing design work to then getting into mostly project management world of mm -hmm. work. Um, I was missing that creative outlet. So I was like, I think what I want to do is start a blog and maybe from this blog, I'll, you know, take my time, figure things out, but maybe I can like, one day offer design services again, or maybe I'll start a little online shop and maybe I'll do paintings and I'll sell my paintings. And I just, <laughs> at the time there was a blogger who I loved. I don't know if she's still around, but her blog was waiting on Martha and she was a blogger 
and she had an online shop. Um, and I think she also took on styling work. And there was another blogger in New York. She, her blog was made by girl and she blogged and she did these paintings. And I was like, I want to be like these women. I want to I want to write about things that make me happy. I want to do a little bit of design work and I want to be creative and and maybe have a shop. And that was kind of where where I was like, I, I think I need to stay at this job and I need some time to rest. Like I, I needed some time to to take a break and to reevaluate and to recover still. Um, but I knew I was like, this can't be the long-term plan and I'm okay to be here for a bit. And I was there for, for a few years. Um, as a, I, quite a few years. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was five. No, I think maybe three or four years. Okay. Yeah. So did you see, so when you're like, okay, I'm going to do the blog. Did you see, I mean, you're going to have the shop, you're going to do paintings. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was a great idea. Hey, I mean, with all my free time, I'm going to paint and then it's going to be good enough that I'm going to sell it. I don't know who I thought I was. But. Smart. You're smart because I feel like we have to have those like kind of crazy, hairy ideas and then, and then maybe dial it back a bit if we realize like, oh, that's actually not feasible to... to, to I'm not a painter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm actually like people don't buy paint by number. So yeah. <laughs> that won't work. I can't color a page from a coloring book. I'm, but I'm you saw that. the you saw the blog as being like this was going to be a business yeah. that you started. And I, I think, you know, so many people we, we, we you and I walk all the time and we see influencer shoots happening, right? Yeah. And I think people like <laughs> roll their eyes but there's a lot of money in that business oh, huge so huge. what happened with your blog your little blog that you started yeah, my, my little blog that <laughs> that became something much bigger so um you know me you know I'm big in in uh ask and you shall receive and I, I'm I'm big in the power of manifesting and, and the universe kind of giving you signs that you're you're either on the right or the wrong path. And so it was very shortly after I had that conversation with a friend of mine um, where I was out for dinner with two girls that uh, I went to school with, two of my close friends. And one of them had just started a fashion blog. And I said to her, <laughs> which is funny at the time that I was worried about this, but I was like, would you mind if I started a blog? Like I... I, I was like, I think I'm, I'm missing the design blogging that I was doing before. And through this conversation, uh, the three of us girls decided to start what was 204 Park. Um, so all three of us met at the residential interiors program at the U of A. Um, and right from the gate, I remember saying to them like, this for me is like, not a hobby. This for me needs to be either it or the step the boss. It. Just, I, I am. I'm kind of bossy. I'm kind of a control freak. I, let me take that back. I think I know what I want. And when I commit to doing something, 
if I'm going to put my name on something and I'm going to do something, I don't want to half-ass anything I do. So I think, you know, when we're out for wine and we're drinking and, you know, talking about this fun blog, we're going to start and we're going to have a blog and we're going to offer design services. That's one thing. But I remember the first time we got together and I was like, okay, this is what's up. I'm very serious about this. And like, are, are you guys game for that too? Because it was, I totally saw this as, like I said, I think at the time I saw it as being it and, and only it. Yeah. It ended up being the stepping stone to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think too that you, I, I listened to this podcast recently about manifesting and how it's kind of, it, it's, I, I don't want to say it's bullshit because I, 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 I believe in it, but I just, it's a bit misleading. But I think for you, where I said you were bossy, you're, when you're very clear in what you want, the universe hears you yeah. and gives it to you. Yeah. So regardless of whether that's like positive or negative and how you're presenting it to the world. So I think that there is like, there is something to be said about that. Okay. So the girls were in or not in? Yeah. The girls were in and I am so grateful that it started as it did with the three of us, because it's funny how even that, you know, from 19 to 23 or 24, however old I was in 2013 or 2014, when, when we started Tool 4 Park, even that span in time, I remember being more almost nervous or self-conscious about starting the blog than I had been about starting my previous business. So I think I, I could see that I may have put it off for a lot longer or maybe chickened out about starting the blog on my own if I didn't have um, the security blanket of the, the two other girls at the time. Why were you so, nervous? I think it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, <laughs> and like I said, I think when I started I3 Interiors, I was too young to even know that I should be maybe worried or nervous or anything. And I think putting yourself out there online on the internet is kind of, yeah, where, you know, and so the, the three of us started Tool 4 Park and hit the ground running and the the goal right from day one with that was that we were it was to to do exactly what I what I had wanted to do it was we were going to start this blog um, build that up have that be a bit of a source of income offer design services because all three of us were interior designers um, and working in the industry in one form or another at the time. Um, and then again, with the kind of long-term goal of the waiting on Martha-esque online shop where we could sell. I gotta see if that's still around. I, I do, it's funny. I had forgotten about her until I, I was thinking about this this morning and I was like, she was, her and Made By Girl were two of my favorite bloggers slash business women who I kind of looked up to at that time in 2013. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when did you start um, 
I guess, get getting income? Like, did you, or more so, when did you start working with brands? I think it was within the first year that we started taking on, I mean, getting like gifted posts for sure. Um, sponsored posts might've been a little bit after that, but I mean, by no means was, <laughs> was it anywhere close to, to what we would need um, to support any of us full-time at the time. But um, it was so much fun and it was bringing in a little bit of extra money. Um, and we were, I, I do feel like, again, especially with the three of us, it was so nice when we were all working to be able to share that workload of the blog. And, you know, we all brought different networks and um, it, it was great. It was a, a really fun time. And like I said, I'm really glad that it started with the three of us. Um, it obviously didn't <laughs> end up that- so I was gonna say, you keep it, saying it started with the three yeah. of you. And, you know, ultimately, again, I think over time, it became pretty apparent that for me, this was like such a priority. And um, one of my friends who I was doing the blog with, she's an incredible kitchen designer and her career really started to take off and, and needed more of her time, um, you know, than which kind of pulled her away from the blog. Um, and then the, the other girl, she had, you know, she started having children and as her family was growing, her responsibilities, you know, changed. And I think for the two of them, it was never as important to them as it was to me. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I'm very fortunate Obviously, at the time, my dream was that it was going to be the three of us forever. But, but as I look back, I, I'm so grateful to them that it ended the way it did and that they kind of both said, like, this is, you really should take this and run with this and make it everything you want it to be because we don't have the capacity to put into this what we need. Um, and... So I, I'm very grateful for that. Um, it did cause me to have like a little bit of a, a crisis at the time because, you know, I, I had really had this vision that it was going to be the three of us and the three of us were gonna do design and the three of us were gonna do this. Um, so then when that ended and I found myself alone, I kind of went, oh no, like, <laughs> Now what? And that's kind of at the time that we met was when was it? I, I was newly alone with Tool for Park and kind of not floundering, but wondering, okay, well, what now? Because I had this plan and I had this vision that this was what this was supposed to be. And now that I'm on my own, now what? This so is crazy because when we met, I... Yeah. So we met at Blog Podium. Yeah. I think 2015, maybe when um, yeah. Julian Harris was the guest speaker in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. And I was there because I had started a blog for my business. You yeah. were there because blogging was your business. Yeah. And I thought at the time, like you were with, you were like this big blogger, which I think you were. 
maybe you just didn't feel that way but and I, I didn't know I never knew those other girls I never knew you as like that there was three of you as a t- as a yeah. team I always thought it was just you and here's the thing I mean I felt very confident in the blog and with what I was doing but I think my struggle with the world of design was always you know and what I understand very clearly now was that I never wanted to do it alone I think that was another part of my dissatisfaction with the work I was doing with i3 interiors was I felt very isolated. Like I was working, running my business from home, working alone and doing creative work is, for me, I prefer to have someone there to bounce ideas off of. You know, renovations are hard. It's nice to get a second set of eyes and go, what can we do with this space? Or is this tile awesome? Or is it like terrible? <laughs> like it's, I, for me, I, I didn't, I found it to be difficult in, in that way as well. And so to, to have stepped back from that and kind of said, I'm never doing this again. And then to realize, oh, actually I, I miss this and I want to do this, but I want to do it with other people. I think my like quote unquote crisis was when I found myself alone, I kind of panicked and went, well, shit, now I have to regroup and replan because I don't want to do this alone. And to the point where I was getting emails all the time asking, you know, with, for people asking to hire me for design work um, when I was alone with 204 Park and nine times out of 10, I said no, because I didn't want to do it. Because mm, you had like PTSD. Yeah, it's, it's so funny because even James, who my partner, who we've, we've been together for like, oh my gosh, nine years, he, the entirety of our relationship has been like, you need to go back to interior design. You've got to go back to doing interior design. I remember. Cause uh, he's like, if you renovate our house one more time, I'm yeah, leaving. Yeah. <laughs> like every time I come home and you've rearranged the furniture. Um, and, and he just, you know, during that period when, when I met him, it was when I was leaving my, my prior business. So when I met him, he's like, Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I run my business. I'm an interior designer. And then like literally two weeks later, I'm like, JK, I, I've decided to close my business. And I went and I got a job and (laughs) literally from then onward, he was, he would always say, why aren't you doing this? Like you should be doing this. You obviously miss doing this, but I was so resistant and I, I can literally remember saying to him, I will never do interior design again. Like I was so adamant, but what I didn't understand, I think at that time was that I just didn't want to do it alone. You took that little blog yeah. <laughs> and like blew it up. Yeah. Like that, when you were at the height of it, that was yeah. like the six. I know you don't care about the money, but I do. It was like a six-figure business for you. Absolutely. Yeah. On the side of your job. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Let me tell you, I could have, I should have <laughs> stayed there. It's, no, <laughs> I'm kidding. It. I, I honestly, though, I think that's, like I said, I don't do something and half-ass it. Like, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. Oh, yeah. Um, we and I'm going to give it everything. 
yeah, we used to try to make plans for brunch or something on a Saturday. And you're like, well, James and I get up at six. And then, so then we do all the shoots. Like you had everything. I mean, maybe that's your career in project management. Had you like have everything, you know, narrowed down, like you had a, a system. Yeah. Yeah. And I think especially at that time before I quit my day job to blog full time while I was growing the idea of my current business. Um, I, I, you, you had to be that organized. I had so much work, so many, you know, paid campaigns or like things I wanted to be a part of that when you only have the weekends, I had to really manage my time, but it was exhausting. I mean, it definitely, I, I'm not the poster child for, you know, correct work ethic because I, I totally burnt out um, and, and definitely was working way too much and overworking, but it's, that's, I think my natural tendency, especially when I love what I'm doing and when I'm passionate about it, I, it, I do want to give it my all. And it is hard for me to turn it off sometimes. And you get in the zone. Yeah. Like what is the worst brand experience you ever had? <laughs> like you don't have to maybe share the brand, but was there like a thing that, you, because I think what people don't realize is brands come to you or vice versa, you go to them but they, it's their marketing plan, essentially. So they sometimes dictate kind of what has to happen, right? I think that's the shift that I really saw in, in my time blogging was what I really enjoyed about it um, at the start was that you could approach brands and you could say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is my awesome idea. And do you want to pay me for it? And when the stars aligned and they said, yes, it was awesome. And it was really fulfilling because you were in full control. And I think the last bit of time, I like lose track of the years. So it's, it's hard to say, but, but I can recall like the last year for sure that I was really doing it. I, I hated that, that quote-unquote influencer world had exploded I, I didn't even like that word I wanted to say I was a blogger not an influencer um, but as things shifted and that there was a real change from you no longer unless you're huge the amount of brands that are interested in your idea like they just that uh the opportunity for those types of partnerships really dwindled because it became very prescribed and it became where the, the marketing teams were like, this is our campaign. This is our focus. This is your messaging. And there are certainly some campaigns I regret, not because I ever promoted anything I didn't believe in, but just because I look back and I was like, Oh, like I kind of, wish I hadn't done that. Um, but that also became the shift from when I left my day job. And then all of a sudden those campaigns, you know, for like fast food companies that I turned down, all of a sudden I was like, well, these pay the most. And this is now my, how I support myself. And 
So I am going to say yes to this. And like I said, I, I, I didn't ever post anything that I, you know, I ate fast food from the companies that I was promoting, but, but it just wasn't uh, the dream, let's say to, you know, be, be working on some of those campaigns. And I think there was a real, for me, kind of a, a realization of, oh, like this is no longer, I don't think I could support myself doing this in the way that I would want to. I think I would continue to have to take on campaigns that I don't feel great about. Um, and I don't want to do that. And so this was where part of that, like I said, almost crisis came into play because I thought, well, if I can't, you know, the long-term goal had been to have most of the income be coming from design work, not from blogging work. And so if I no longer have that, that's when I dabbled in, okay, do I take on social media management? Do I take on other things like this? Do I blog for other people? But ultimately, like I said, I am happiness driven. And if something's not bringing me joy, that's not what I want to spend my time doing. So I, I felt like I was really floundering there for a little bit because ultimately I wanted to go back to doing design, but I just didn't want to do it myself. And it was kind of during that phase, you know, when we met, when Christina and I were becoming closer and I think her and I were realizing we were in, you know, we were on parallel paths. <laughs> you know what's interesting is that it seems as though your your story your path went like zigzaggy right like you were a designer and then you were this but there's like a consistent like history repeating yeah. itself you yeah. were a designer but you didn't get like full creative license you didn't like that you didn't want to be alone you quit that you get into blogging you're kind of building it learning it same as you did before with the other company and then oh you don't have full creative control you don't like it anymore Right. It all comes back to control. It's not a, like a bad thing. I think it's just like you can see the pattern as you're like yeah. telling the story. So, and so you, then you meet Christina yeah. through the blog world. She's also a blogger. Yeah. Slash teacher. Yeah. At the time. So she's kind of doing the same thing as you, like blogging yeah. on the side. Yeah. And yeah. then what happened? So yeah, Christina and I knew each other from the blogging world and we followed one another's blogs and would comment on their, our blogs and on Instagram. And we did that for a while before we actually ever met in person. Um, and even the first time we met in person, it was at an event I was hosting with Poppy Barley. And so I was all over the place talking to people. So her and I didn't get the chance to, um, really connect too deeply but it was not long after that that was the blog podium trip that you and I were both at mm -hmm. um, and a group of local bloggers were going and I was kind of on the periphery of this group and I think one of the girls reached out and invited me because I had expressed interest in going but again the thought of going alone felt intimidating so I was toying with the idea of going and then got invited to go with this group and that's really the first time that trip to Vancouver that Christina and I spent you know a considerable amount of time together and that's when we really started to get 
to know one another. And over the next, I don't know how long that was, year, maybe a couple months. The next blog podium, I feel like. Yeah, we really, it was, it was the next year. So I missed the the red eye because I didn't have a updated license. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it was then, yeah, yeah, it was over the next year that her and I really started to spend a lot more time together, get to know each other. Um, And we started collaborating a bit with our blogs and and working on some small projects together. And I think her and I realized we are so alike in so many ways Mm -hmm. and our design tastes are so similar. Our even stupid things with her and I are, are the same. Like we, we joke sometimes, are we the same person? Um, and so it was the following blog podium year that I think Christina and I took a different flight home than everybody else. Yeah. We stayed a bit longer in Toronto. Um, and I think we spent the morning going to like design shops and we went for brunch and Christina was, teaching full-time at the time and and wanted to transition into design and I was kind of going okay like I don't want to blog full-time because I don't want to I that's not going to be what fulfills me and I'm not loving the idea of taking on more of the social media management things I was kind of struggling with I want to do something creative but I don't want to do it alone And we kind of had our aha moment uh, when we were out for brunch and we were like, we both have always had the same plans of wanting to to get into design, um, wanting to have an online shop. We we spoke about that at that time um, and wanting to do this, but not wanting to do it alone. And I think I want, I think I wanted to ask, but was too scared. So I think Christina was the one who had to say like, well, why would we do this? If we both want to do the same thing, let's just do it together. And that's when it was on that flight home from Toronto. And I think that was five years ago, this September that just passed. Crazy. Uh, Her and I on the flight home started making our to-do lists, talking about business goals, setting uh, a plan for meeting to discuss the the launch of the business. She was pregnant at the time Mm. with with Jack, with her son. And so our plan was let's get as much kind of figured out as we possibly can before, you know, she had her son. And then she would take as much time as she needed, you know, after he was born until she felt like she was ready to be able to start taking on projects. And then that's when we would officially launch. And this was, I remember this because when you guys were like, yeah, we're going to do an e-design business. Yeah. (laughs) And what I love about this, (laughs) like lots of people do that, that's fine. But for every sort of plan that you made the universe kind of threw you a curveball in the in a great direction totally yeah so so the e-design business take off at all uh no (laughs) I mean it's it's funny it's and I think that's one thing where it's like to kind of speak to your point I am a person who likes to have a plan 
but on like a macro level, I don't get ever so detailed where I'm inflexible because like you said, I have learned in life that these paths are not linear. And I think we all need to be able to go with the flow and go where the world wants to take us because even if that's not where we're meant to be, I think it's gonna take us where we are supposed to be. So I think me still like fighting, you know, truly being back in the world of design, I was the one who said to Christina, I don't think I want to take on, I don't, I think I was so not wanting what we did to be the way work was for me when I had my first business. So I was the one who said, I just don't think I want to do design in the traditional way though. I'd like to be just online. I'd like to be able to, you know, work from home, take on e-designs. I think that's, that's what I would like to do. I don't really want to take on in-person clients. And Christina was like, yeah, I mean, she has, she had newborns. So she's like, absolutely. I'm on board with that. Like, that seems easy. Let's do it. And we launched offering e-designs thinking that we were going to compete with these e-design companies online that farm people out and probably pay them nothing because they're charging $99 for a room. And I think we did like three e-designs in that first week and we're like, oh, this is not profitable. (laughs) (laughs) I'm driven by happiness, but this is going to make me no money. But also we've got bills to pay. And so pretty quickly on, like, you know, you have to remember Christina and I also already had been for years getting emails from people wanting to hire us Mm. um, that we were saying no to. And so the e-designs were trickling in, but we were getting requests for in-person work. And because uh, you know, I am how I am. I'm a big believer and pay attention to the signs and pay attention to the universe. I, I kind of realized like, we need to stop fighting this. Like, let's just embrace it and let's do it. And we honestly launched and I feel like hit the ground running and have not stopped since. And it's been so awesome. And I'm so glad that I, you know, open myself up to, to taking on the type of work that we do, because, you know, it's, it's great. It's so crazy. And, and you're like, you know, now you're what you said, you're five years in. Yeah. You, you have a staff of people you have, you've just launched an online shop and I, why I get so emotional when I talk about your success, but I always, don't know why why this triggers me so much but I don't there is not like I mean I love all my friends and and I think they all work hard there is no one that works harder than you do like you are just you're so driven and so detailed and you deserve everything you you got well thank you (laughs) (laughs) and so tell me about the shop because I remember (laughs) at Boston Pizza and, yeah. if, and if you judge us for that, then you can turn it off right now. But anyways, <laughs> you and I were at Boston Pizza and talking about like, you know, you were kind of like starting to look into the idea of the shop and then you were going to maybe launch 
in a, in a month or two, you thought, and that was yeah. two, no, a year ago, two no, years ago? November of last year. Yeah. 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 It's, it's laughable for Christina and I both. It, it has always like since before day one, we both always wanted to have an online shop. Um, because I think we've always, her and I, again, even before we started working together, we were facing the same struggles of not being able to find the types of pieces that we wanted to find locally available. We would find them from stores in the US or from Australia or from Europe and the shipping fees and the taxes were so high and we would get, it's so frustrating to source for clients when you don't have these things, you know, readily locally available. So it's been a, a long, long-term goal of ours. And yeah, I remember you and I were out like November of last year and we had just started to look at a couple of suppliers and, you know, you and I are having a glass of wine and I am feeling like super motivated and thinking maybe if we started placing orders now, we could launch in time for Boxing Day. And- Oh yeah, I forgot about this. Just laughable um, <laughs> that, you know, during a global pandemic when supply chain issues are like never ending that we're gonna get product in time for that is just clearly goes to show how I had absolutely no clue, but we did start placing orders then. And, and we started giving thought to what is now shop Cresswell. Um, it took us a lot longer to get there. And, and ultimately we, we hired someone to, to help us run and, and launch it because uh, we just, you, you know, as a business owner, you wear every single hat, and hats that you didn't even know existed, you're wearing those hats and the amount that you have on your plate at any given time is so much. And um, we just realized, you know, we wanted to be obviously very in control of what we brought in and what we were picking, but it was the behind the scenes, like setting up the website and setting up the social media and ordering the packaging. And that's the type of thing that, for us, we started having inventory arrive and sitting there because we didn't have our website yet. We didn't have our packaging. We didn't have anything else in place. And so we realized we needed to bring someone in to help us make this happen uh, if it was ever going to happen. Otherwise, we're just going to have all these pretty things sitting in our office <laughs> and <laughs> sitting on the shelves collecting dust. So we, we finally launched last month and it felt great to finally make that happen <laughs> after so long <laughs> and how crazy that like you girls know how this works you obviously did an influencer campaign yourself yeah how nuts is this that now two girls that used to do this for a living that you are now the brand that other influences are talking about like that's so cool yeah yeah Nice little full circle moment. <laughs> so let me ask you this. What would you say if there's somebody listening who's like, maybe they had a business and they have like a little bit of like that PTSD, they don't want to, you know, they're scared, but yet 
they're in a job maybe that they're like, this isn't fulfilling. And they kind of know what they want to do. Yeah. They're scared or they're like, like, what kind of advice would you give to, I'd say young and old? Yeah. Because it honestly, age doesn't matter in this sense. Um, I think my first piece of advice would be to like, pay attention to the signs. I, I know I was getting signs for a very long time to get back into doing what I'm, what I have been doing for the last five years. Um, and I was ignoring them for a long time. I think to a certain extent, when you know, you know, and you know, there's always maybe going to be fear or trepidation. I also think, you know, I'm a big fan of like a overlap transition, like these changes don't have to be like cut and dry and like really extreme. Um, it's, it's going to, you know, and I recognize that not everyone maybe has the opportunity to devote as much time as I did to my, you know, quote unquote side business while working full time. I understand that, you know, I was very fortunate on many fronts to be able to do that, but ultimately, you know, if you feel really passionately about something, but you're scared to make that leap, um, in, you know, I, I don't want to promote like the, like I said, the hustle or like the burnout culture, because I definitely was not a, a good example of having that balance in your life, but, um, you don't necessarily have to jump all in. I think you can dip your toe. You can, you know, start your, your side business and, and let that grow until you feel like you're at a place where you can leave. I mean, my gosh, even our first employee who we had at Cresswell, McKinley, she, while she was working for us during the pandemic, decided to start a little side business out of her house. She's like, I, I love animals and I'm going to order a sewing machine and I'm going to sew dog bandanas. And we were like, great, get it, girl. And... <laughs> And now it's she's her fault and she's taken over the world and, and, she, and she left us to go take on the world of, of dog bandanas. So I think you can absolutely, if you're feeling called to something, and that's the thing, if, if you're feeling drawn or you're feeling called to something, I think don't ignore that and, and explore that. And, and if it takes a bit of time, I think that's the thing too, like, these things take time. When I think about where I am now, I've been working to get to here for 13 years. <laughs> like this is <laughs> what I am doing now is what I wanted to do when I was 18. Um, so these things take time and it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. That whole overnight success story that you are yeah. <laughs> 13 years later. Yeah. Okay, before I let you go, yes. So I always ask the guests to tell me two to three things <laughs> you will never quit. Yeah. I mean, you know me, I, I will never quit coffee. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe I should. And actually, I feel like you had a guest on your podcast who was talking about coffee and, and with your gut health and yeah. <laughs> moldy coffee. And I was like, oh no, maybe I need to quit the type of coffee I'm drinking. Maybe I need to get some of that. <laughs> anti-mold coffee whatever uh, that yeah. um and then uh, I don't think I'd I'll ever quit you know I have such a potty mouth 
I don't think I'll ever quit swearing as much as I do. Oh, me either. Yeah. And sometimes people will comment on it. Like I have family members who say all the time, like, well, you swear so much. My nieces tell me I swear so much. Yeah. (laughs) Because they're not allowed to. That's why. (laughs) It's so funny. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. You know, like you're such an inspiration to me always. So I'm, I'm so happy that you shared your story. And I hope that somebody who's listening is going to just be like, something's just going to trigger, you know, for them that they're going to be like, yep, I'm quitting my job. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody to quit quit their job. Or or dip their toe. Yeah, dip their toe. You know, (laughs) from the toe or the jump, anything in between. Totally. Wait, before you go, if you liked this episode, please rate and review it wherever you listen because, well, that's just how the internet works and it helps us to get this to more people. Also, hit that subscribe or follow or whatever the button is where you tune into podcasts. Until next time, quitters. Thanks for listening.